the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hi, I'm Dana Torts, and welcome to another episode of the Truth in My Days radio program. Today, I'm here with John Torts and Jason Chan as they discuss the important topic of creation and evolution. We are continuing from the previous episode. We hope you enjoy. But here's the thing. Context always tells you what it is. If I say, for example, Taurus beat Novak Djokovic in Wimbledon three sets to none, you're not going to wonder which out of those 400 different meanings of set am I using. You know that this is the group of games constituting one division or unit of a match. If the director shouts quiet on the set, you don't think he's talking about a chess set. Context always tells you. Now, in the case of this word yom, Creationists will point out that there are indicators in the context that tell you which of the different meanings to take. Now, there aren't that many different meanings for yom, but they will point out where yom occurs in the Bible. How is it used? In Genesis 1, yom is ordinally numbered. What it means is you have the second day, the third day, the fourth day the fifth day, they're ordinarily numbered. And they will point out that elsewhere in the Bible, Yom is ordinarily numbered 359 times, and every time it refers to 24-hour day. So they say, why should we make an exception in Genesis 1? They will point out even more significantly that Yom in Genesis 1 is demarcated by evening and morning. Now, not only does that occur elsewhere in the Bible 38 times and always refers to 24-hour day, it's obvious that evening and morning is a division of days, 24-hour days. It's not a division of years. It's not a division of eons or eras. They say that Yom is distinguished by light and darkness because Genesis 1 talks about there's the period of light, which God called day, and the period of darkness, God called night. So one Yom, a 24-hour day, is made up of the Yom, which is the, the light period, and as well there's the dark period. And they will point out, well, how do you fit that into trying to reconcile that? Do we say we have like a billion years of light and then a billion years of darkness and then a billion years of light? It just doesn't work. They will point out that Exodus 20.11, which we mentioned before, puts it in the plural. For in six days, and of course yamim, in six days, six yamim, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And yom appears in the plural form, yamim. 845 times elsewhere in the Bible. It's always a 24-hour day. So they would say, if we're honestly trying to figure out what it said here, then we should go with 24-hour day. Now, another point they'll make out is Yom has, has different meanings, yes, but an indefinite, a vast length of time is not one of those attested meanings. If you check the the standard industry standard lexicons like uh, Brown Driver Briggs, you will not find that as one of the meanings of Yom. It may refer to something other than a 24 days, but not an indefinite long, long period of time. But here's what should drive it home. And, and this is what they do not often bring up, even the ones defending the, the biblical view, is that Yom has different meanings, yes, but... Yom, when it's not in construct, and when it has no affixes, can only mean 24. It has no other meanings. And now what do we mean by that? They will point to things like uh, the day of the Lord. 
the day of wrath. And they'll say, look, that's not necessarily a 24-hour day. And that may be correct. Maybe a 24-hour day may not be. We don't know for sure. But here in the Hebrew, the noun is in construct. What do we mean by that? In English, if you say day of the Lord, you use this little prepositional phrase. Use the preposition of. Day of the Lord. And that's how we know it's day of the Lord. In Hebrew, they don't do that. They actually stick the two nouns together. So day of the Lord. Day is Yom. The Lord is God's personal name, Yehwah. They don't say day of Yehwah. They just say day Yehwah. Yom Yehwah. And then the first noun there is said to be in construct, and the second noun is absolute. So anytime you have something like day of the Lord, day of wrath, day of judgment, day of anger, it may not be a 24-hour day, but always there, day, yom, is in construct. Now, sometimes I'll point to things like in the day of King Hezekiah, for example, and say, oh, look, that's just a 24-hour day. And that's true. It's not. But here, how do we say in the day? Here they do use a preposition, but it's what they call an inseparable preposition. The Hebrew preposition for in, for in is but, and you stick it right onto the noun. So if you want to say in the day, you say bayom. Okay? That affix is stuck right onto it. So every time in the Bible you see something like in the day of anger, in the day, you see bayom, bayom. But Yom always has that affix. So here's the point. Yom can have different meanings if it has the affix or if it's in construct state. But if one of those two is, has to be at least one of those two, and if it's not there, it can only mean a 24-hour day, a regular earth rotation day. And guess what? In Genesis 1, Yom is not in construct and it has no affix. So it means a 24-hour day or the, the daylight part of a 24-hour day. Those are the only possibilities. So you will hear people who are trying to fit the two together saying that, well, it could mean that. But if you know Hebrew and you read it, you'll know it can't mean that, actually. And, and the Hebrew experts, the ones that don't have an axe to grind on this, are very clear that this is what it means. Now, it's important to note this because you will have Christians who try to combine the two, trot out some uh, Hebrew uh, expert who will say you can mix the two together, uh, but you really can't. Okay, You really can't. And if you look at the experts in Hebrew who don't have an axe to grind, who don't have a dog in the fight, who are not trying to fit the two together, will tell you flat out that, no, you cannot have Yom in Genesis 1 means something other than a 24-hour day or the daylight part of it. Uh, for example, the Oxford Hebrew scholar, Professor James Barr, who was a Christian but something of a liberal Christian, writing about Genesis, uh, the meaning of it, he writes, probably, so far as I know, there is no professor of Hebrew or Old Testament at any world-class university who does not believe that the writer of Genesis 1-11 to intended to convey to their readers the idea that, one, creation took place in a series of six days, which were the same as the days of 24 hours we now experience. Two, the figures contained in the genius genealogies provided by simple addition, a chronology from the beginning of the world up to later stages in the biblical story. Three, Noah's flood was understood to be worldwide, 
and extinguish all human and animal life except for those in the ark. Another example, Dr. Bolton David Heiser tells us about a friend of his, a Dr. John R. Hewitt, who wrote to the appropriate professors in nine leading universities. And he asked them this question, do you consider that the Hebrew word yom, as used in Genesis 1, accompanied by a numeral, should properly be translated as a day as commonly understood, or as an age, or as either a day or an age without preference? Now, he wrote to nine leading universities. He didn't get an answer back from Oxford or Cambridge. But he did from the professors at Harvard, Yale, Columbia, Toronto, London, McGill, and Manitoba. And they all answered unanimously that it should be translated as a day, as commonly understood. Professor Pfeiffer of Harvard added, of 24 hours, just to be very clear. Hugh Williamson, the current, at the time, Regis Professor of Hebrew at Oxford University, He's one of the top 10 Hebraists anywhere in the world. In an email, he said, so far as the days of Genesis 1 are concerned, I'm sure that Professor Barr was correct. I have not met any Hebrew professors who had the slightest doubt about this, unless they were already committed to some alternative by other considerations that do not arise from a straightforward reading of the Hebrew text as it stands. Now, that what's that other consideration? They believe that science has shown the earth is 4.6 billion years old. They want to hold on to the Bible. They want to mix the two. And so they have to say that they can mean something else. Professor Emmanuel Tov of Hebrew University in Jerusalem, definitely a Hebrew expert, he said, look, for the biblical people, this was history, difficult as it is for us to accept this view. And this is from a fellow who actually teaches and thinks in Hebrew. Now, what else? There's a a residential theological research library, Tyndale House, at, outside of Cambridge University in England. Now, there's a warden there, the current warden, apparently a very knowledgeable man named Peter Williams. And he wrote this, although the young universe creationist position is not widely held within secular academia, the position that the author of Genesis 1 maintained that the world was created in six literal days is nearly universally held. So that's the reality, and there's no point in denying it. It's it's almost not honest to argue that it means something else. The experts will tell you that it doesn't mean anything else. It cannot mean anything else. It is is six Earth rotation or 24-hour days. And if we think science says something different, well, that's what we have to deal with. I see. Thanks for all that explanation, John. Moving on to the second part of the definition of biblical creationism, then you mentioned that the age of the earth is 6,000 years old. How did we come to that number? Well, 6,000 approximately, as I said, a maximum of 7,686. How we come to it is from data given to us in the Bible itself, which is inspired. God breathed as much as anything else in the Bible. If Genesis 1 tells us that God created the world in six earth rotation days, Adam was created on day six. So we know that the earth is five days plus whatever we have from Adam moving forward. Now, if you look in Genesis 5, it will give you the number of years from Adam to Noah's birth because it gives us what's called a chronogenealogy there. It's not just a genealogy. It doesn't just say that 
Adam begot Seth, Seth begot Anash, Anash begot Kainan, and so on. It tells us how old each person was when he begot the next person. So the idea of saying, well, maybe there, there are gaps in the genealogies and maybe it's a much longer time, it doesn't work here. Because if we have this many years between Adam and Seth, it doesn't matter if, if Seth is the son or the grandson or the great-grandson, we still know how many years from Adam's birth to Seth's birth. So these numbers are absolute. It really doesn't help the old agers anyway, though, because they need lots of years before Adam, not after. So these are chronogenealogies. They give the age between each two successive names, the number of years between each two successive names in the list. We can add those together. That will come to 1,056 years up to Noah's birth. In Genesis 6 and 7, uh, we know how old Noah was at the start of the flood, 600 years old. Then we know he was on the ark for a year in the flood. And then coming off of that, in Genesis 11, we have more of these chronogenealogies. Our facts that were told was born two years after the flood. And then we can add up the chronogenealogies there because they go all the way to Abraham. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.